Where's the camera? Oh, it's over there. Did you hit live? Yep. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to behave. <laughs> well, I've been practicing this, really. It's not going well. I mean, technically on podcasts. Podcasts, we do whatever you You can cuss. Just don't. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But we're just practicing using this. But if this. we were on the radio, mm-hmm. like right now, and Kirsten cussed, we get like a $5,000 fine. Mm-hmm. Nuh-uh. And then the second one is like ten. If they get found out, like they have people who just like scrub radios and like listen for like things they're not supposed to do and then send them fines. Oh my gosh. You might have to start getting brain man. Too soon. This is Ricky's game. That's literally what it's gonna be. Yeah. <laughs> well, we have six viewers, so welcome everybody. <coughs> this is the F five recovery radio. Join with Adam Martin, Chris, Kirsten. Is it Kirsten? It's Kirsten. Kirsten. Oh, Technically, right? I thought it was Kirsten, but yeah. everybody calls you Kirsten. Right, yep. Oh. When growing up, my parents called me Kirsten, okay. and then my dad always said, your real name is Kirsten. And so I just thought, <laughs> then why are we going with Kirsten? Tells you that as you're like 18, so you've been yeah. hearing it for like 18 years. Yeah. So then I just thought, that's more interesting than Kirsten, so I went with Kirsten. Yeah. Well, I thought I was, like, German my whole life. And then I did that ancestry thing, and I'm literally, like, this much German. <laughs> I'm, like, majority Norwegian. I'm like, a Viking. And I went up. I paid. I paid. The market. Like, I paid the. <laughs> I had to know. So I, I paid, like, the full, like, $150, and I went up the whole line, and I ended up in, like, I don't even, like, England. Right? So, like, my ancestors went to England, mm-hmm. and there was a guy who was wrongfully accused of crimes, oh. and they changed his name to Outlaw, mm-hmm. right? He, the, gov- the government, or someone in the government proved his innocence, okay? Yeah. He was so pissed off, he chose to keep the name. Because they were like, all right, you're not, you're not yeah, guilty. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to have the name anymore. He's like, I'm keeping it. <laughs> and then got a crest, and it says outlaw, and then somehow changed, you know, eventually to Martin. Sure. Yeah. So you were doing from the start. Yeah, you were. Yeah. 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 I've had issues with the government <laughs> from the beginning. Wrongfully accused. I imagine when Adam and Eve she got the short end of that stick on many levels. I yeah, think. she did. Yeah. Shady, do you have any, like, wild history like that with how you... No. She's from Jamestown. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that is wild. <clears throat> no, I don't think so. My, um... I guess there's a... My maiden name's Fugelstead, and there's a lake in Norway called Fugelstead Lake. Ooh. Where I'm sure outlaws were drowned and... Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Named Adam Martin, and then they... <laughs> No, I don't have anything super interesting. We moved every two years. I'm a trailer park kid, I, which I thought we had a double wide, and I was so like, ooh, Adam, you, I had a double wide. You didn't. And then my mom outed me, and she's like, we did not have a double wide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We eventually got a double wide. It had a patio on it, too. That's pretty impressive, really. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't until I moved out. My mom got it after I moved out. Yeah. So. Well, you can't have anything nice till your kids leave. No. <laughs> So for those who are listening who don't know what double wide is, like what was the claim oh to fame of like a double wide? 
It's <coughs> two trailers put yeah. together. Yeah. But there's people on here who probably don't know what that is. And why that's such a significant deal. Though. That's a good that's a good problem to have to not know what a double line is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you're listening, you don't know what this is. It's a good problem. Yeah. It's like a manufactured home now. You can put that on a basement. It's like cool to have now. Mm-hmm. Like, because you oh. can just like have them built and then plant them somewhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've talked to some people who come from Meads. They're like, you know, Adam, I used to live in a trailer too. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah. He's like, yeah, on, on the lake. Oh, it was my, yeah, my yeah, lake yeah, house. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, so when your pipes froze, you did not have water? Yeah. yeah. You could go to their other house? No. That was it. The Swans man was like the guy who always shows up at your house. Like, that was the only time we ever got food because they like high pressure sailed my mom. Mm-hmm. And then she would like, you, and I think you could use like way back then, you could use food stamps to buy Swans. I'm not sure. Yeah. That's how, like, when I was living in Fargo, third grade. We, I didn't, I got an allowance, but it was like, I didn't know the difference, right? So my mom, like the food stamps were like brown or whatever, and they looked <laughs> yeah. like money, you know mm. what I mean? Yeah. And so she would give it to me and she's just like, here's your allowance. And she knew I was never going to buy anything other than food. food. Right. And at that time, I don't think there was a lot of criteria of what you could, mm. food wise, what you could buy with mm. food stamps. You could like buy whatever. Yeah. And so I go to the gas station. And I'd buy like candy cigarettes, <laughs> and soda, and, they would take it. and I would put it up there. And I don't know if they were supposed to or not, but the guy, I think he just felt bad. He's like, this guy's, this kid's coming to the gas station with food stamps, yeah. buying candy cigarettes. You're like, yeah. They should have known right then. Yeah. Yeah. But I do remember one time I gave, I, I tried, and the guy's like, uh, you can just, just bring this back to your mom. Yeah. And then let me take the candy. So it was like super cool. Oh. It was the the gas station. There used to be a gas station over. Oh man, it was like a stop and go or something over by. I wouldn't know. By the Sanford Hospital downtown, it used to be Medicare way back in the day. Mm. There used to be like a gas station where that plaza, on the side was. Oh. oh where like the yeah. where. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I don't know that was why. a while like, ago. Yeah. Merit care, though. I spent a lot of time on fourth floor merit care. What's that? Psych ward. Oh. Ooh. Oh, yeah. That was... Just a year and a half, I think. That was too... Say it so casual. Yeah, you know. Just, just a year and a half. Give me a time. Yeah. No biggie. That's like how an Adam just says, like, five felonies, and you see people who, like, don't know him freak out. And yeah. Like, their eyes get real big, like, okay. <laughs> it's so funny when we're at conferences, and, like, Adam will do that, like... I don't know if he's like doesn't on purpose to test people or just to like kind of fill you out. And he'll just say like, "Yeah, I got five felonies," and then like women will just be like, mm. like not impressed, but just like, "Okay." And then you're our keynote. Well, <laughs> like somehow they didn't read. The I like I like doing it and 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 helping people understand their ignorance without mm-hmm. even saying it. Because yeah. I'll come up and. You know, Leonard will talk to be like, yeah, I got, you know, felonies. Mm-hmm. And people are like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I'll say, I'll be like, yeah, I'm Adam, a five-time felon. They're like, oh. And I'm like, why do you, why do, you do that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what's the difference between me? Like, you know, even like people who are like, oh, I'm not ignorant and I'm not and I'm super mm-hmm. progressive, you know, or whatever. Yeah. And they'll just like, yeah. even at our core, we're still judgy. Yeah, oh, for sure. Know? Or like when we did a radio state, we Ricky and I did a, a show together one time. 
and oh. it was like a podcast, so the person couldn't see us. Right. And so they're like asking us our favorite foods and stuff, yeah. and like what we like to do. And then I was like, "Can I stop for a second? <laughs> which which one of me and Ricky do you think is white, and which one's black?" <laughs> and they seriously, they're like, "I think Adam." is black or whatever yeah. and I was like nope <laughs> why because my favorite meal was this uh like I went to Norway for a honeymoon yeah. and I had this like really like fancy like which as it wasn't this fancy like dinner yeah and I was like yeah and when I was in Norway I had this dinner and they were like yeah there's no black people in Norway probably I don't know why they probably just assumed. and then Adam was I think it was Tata hot dish Tata hot dish that's about as white yeah, as chicken. and they were just like right which I'm like mine probably is white it's food. still white yeah, but like that's yeah. white food like i don't know a lot of black guys i've met were like man i love when my mom makes tater tot hot dish with the peas and tarantos <laughs> <laughs> that's wild well in this yeah. neck of the woods like with the lenard mm-hmm. like that was you're assuming that was a race thing oh for sure yeah they just like anytime we tell our stories or whatever i think i don't think that people we put we categorize people in in everything whatever like when you people think of the worst felon mm-hmm. right they usually think of some murderer you know what I mean mm-hmm. but it's rarely like and they'll probably even say Ted Bundy yeah right so they'll automatically assume but that's because that person has been marketed yeah. to being mm-hmm. an evil you know what I mean mm-hmm. so this is just run like you know for instance when COVID happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, people were really worried they were going to get COVID from each other, and I noticed a trend of people who were homeless and people of color who were getting outcasted faster than other people out on the streets. They're just like he probably because they'll see him sneeze or something like probably has COVID, but they never. I never saw people say it about white homeless people. Yeah, never. Like you just don't think of that stuff Mm -hmm. until you see it, you know, and it's just deep down to our core, we're just we're all criminal. Yeah, for sure. In some way or another. Or that whole, uh, you know, that, that that female officer who slept with all those guys at that mm-hmm. police store. You know what I mean? Why is everyone making it about her? Right. There's four dudes at that department that cheated on their wives mm-hmm. with her, yeah. and no one's saying anything about that. Why yeah. aren't they being fired? Yeah. You know? So women, I mean, at, probably in North Dakota, like the most the 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 gender rate like Native American gay female mm-hmm. I've seen be outcasted more than yeah anyone yeah it's like not tra- just blatant it's like via shame via yeah. you know what I mean all yeah. of those things but <clears throat> yeah yeah and boys can get away with being slutty and if girls slutty i mean girls like sex just as much as boys you know but what <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're doing it right <laughs> it's yeah it's i mean but it's always been that way that like so, i mean even i mean i'm not trying to get like biblical or anything like that mm-hmm. but like you know the guys that were gonna throw stones at the the prostitute mm-hmm. there was guys doing that stuff why isn't there a story about a guy that was being like that yeah mm-hmm. anyway, oh like you know Cast first stone if you've never sinned, and be people like shit. Yeah, I was literally looking at porn last night, right. <laughs> you know, or like the the legislator in North Dakota who was like trying to pass those anti-gay bills, and then they found out he was on Grinder. Yeah, mm-hmm. of course, you always, know? yeah, <clears throat> always hide. What, yeah, it's crazy. All a bunch of hypocrites, mm-hmm. every one of us. <clears throat> yeah, um, me too. How long have you been sober? 
Um, since 97, so 25 years. So you're 27. I am. Yeah. Thank God you realized <laughs> I do have good uh, foundation. So <laughs> I'll tell you, I got, so the first time uh, that I, I tried to get sober, right? Oh, like, wait, before you tell the story, oh, okay. I want to shout out some people who are like kind of so. Oh. So this is F5 Recovery Radio. Uh, we got James Lindgren tuning in, oh. Amanda Erickson, Brendan. Uh, Jamie Fugelstead says, good morning, my favorite niece. <gasps> is he from Norway? Uh, I can't tell. Jamie's my aunt. <laughs> yep. Or she. <laughs> Sorry. Yep. We have uh, Heather Rodman, Cindy Jangla Jones in here, Dallas Jorgensen. Ooh. Cindy uh, threw us 50 stars. Oh, I like that. And Toby said, preach. So I don't know if he's preaching too. I don't know if it was Kirsten or Sean, but somebody. Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. probably both. <laughs> we could probably start a church together. Yeah, that would be an interesting church. Yeah. I bet you the right people would show fun, up. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think awesome. Jesus would have dug me. I really do. Oh, for sure, one hundred percent. Even if you were like, even if you were like, didn't believe in him. Yeah, he would have been like, she's cool. She's cool. <laughs> like, she kicking with us. She's yeah. real. She's kicking. I like her. Yeah. <clears throat> You see her? She's over there feeding people a fish. <laughs> I taught her that. Right. Oh, my gosh. Take all the credit. Right. Eagle mania. <laughs> Kids would be like, I'm like, this is a cool trick, but I still don't think you're you. <laughs> it's okay. I think anybody that could turn water to wine would have been my bestie. A baller. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Be like, can you do water to vodka? <laughs> yeah. I'd even take a Boone's Bar. Boone's Bar would be fine. <laughs> Uh, so yeah. the first time that I, I was like, so this would have been 2001-ish, so that would have made me, I would have been like 22 okay. the when I first started going to like meet recovery meetings, mm-hmm. right? And I walk into this room, everyone's dressed up, I'm wearing sweatpants and a gray t-shirt or whatever, and... And pe- like it was just really weird because I did like my, my dad went to AA, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, he went to Morehead Thursday night, and uh, so that my very first meeting, I was like in grade school, yeah. And I was like that annoying yeah. hyper kid <laughs> yeah. that sat in the back of the room, and like all the guys were just like, oh, shut up, yeah. God. And then the women are like, come sit with us yeah. and eat candy, and, uh, and so <laughs> anyway, I uh, and they used to smoke. In meetings? In the meetings yeah. back then. I mean, it wasn't, actually, they didn't stop that long. It wasn't that long ago. It was probably, I don't like, know, maybe 12, 13 years mm-hmm. ago. They were still okay. smoking at the clubhouse. Yeah. But, th- like, there wasn't, it was, I never saw a meeting, like a real, mm-hmm. like a speaker meeting where they were smoking in. It was usually, like, a clubhouse or whatever. Okay. By the time I got to it. Yeah. The, but my dad, they were smoking in the center mall <laughs> or the holiday mall. Like, like it was like in the meeting, yeah. you know? And so anyways, um, I show up to this meeting and there was, uh, uh, a bunch of guys there and they were all like, we got a sponsor, we got a sponsor. And then I saw, and then I saw Kirsten and I was like, Ooh, <laughs> I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, then I met Matt. Yeah. You know, I was like, oh, she's with him. <laughs> yeah. That I had a chance because she's like, how tall are you? Like six? I'm six feet tall, yeah. You're six foot? Mm-hmm. That's it? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were taller. 
<laughs> I know that I've seen it. My presence is bigger. Is it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just really short. Well. <clears throat> five seven. Yeah. So, and then Chrissy's, I think she's like, she's, she's got to be five, nine, five, ten. Yeah. Yeah, she's got to be close to Del, because Delsa's five eleven. Oh, for real? Yeah. Man, tall girls everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's a good thing. Yeah, it's yeah. a good thing. It's hard to date when you're 13 in this fall, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. I imagine. <laughs> but when, yeah, when you started coming around, you just didn't have enough felonies to get <laughs> catch my attention. <laughs> so. Oh, I love Matt. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure when I brought Matt home, my parents were just like, so he doesn't have a driver's license, insurance, a job. But he's really nice. You yeah. know what I mean? And he's got these felonies and there's so much hope for him. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> I was trying to explain to my parents that I was building a career. You know, when you're in and out of jail, you're like, I'm actually building a career. Yeah. I just need to start out this way first. Yeah. 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 yeah, that was my whole intention when I got all my felonies was on one day. Yeah, I'm going to build on this. I, You know, actually there is some truth to that. Like, it wasn't like... It wasn't like, oh, I got all this history now. Now I can like go, I want to do something great. It was more along the lines like, I'd be sitting in jail and be like, I just wanted to be different. You know, like yeah. I had all the, I remember even back in when I was starting eighth grade and my mom was like bringing me to my first day of eighth grade and thinking it's going to be different this year. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't even barely like drinking yet. Like I yeah. was, I drank and did some drugs and stuff, but it was. I always had these like these ambitions to be different than I was and I never every time we moved I was gonna be a new person. I was yeah. gonna be a new person. But Yeah, that's what I was telling Kirsten like before we started, like my move from California to North Dakota was like, alright, I'm gonna be this like Vegas is behind me. Literally, yeah. like Vegas is behind me, that life is behind me. Not gonna gamble anymore. I'm gonna do this new. I'm gonna do this new life and start over and like be who I really wanted to be. Like mm-hmm. I, I was still trying to figure, you know, in my mind, I was still trying to figure it out back then. But then when I got here and realized it was even more accessible and even easier to do, and I was in a new place and no one knew me, so I didn't have to worry about really hiding it or mm-hmm. hiding gambling or hiding anything. It was just like, well, that went out the window. That yeah. was fun. How come, like, like all the thoughts, all the plans, everything that like I was going to become. Just completely went out the window, and I was like, "Yeah, no, I was. It wasn't really that bad." And then it starts to justify, yeah. and you start to be like, "Okay, you know, this is cool. Like, I'll, I'll be okay. I'll be fine." It's actually easier now that it is closer. I don't have to spend as much. <laughs> I don't have to spend as much money like getting there, like you know, throwing gas and hotels and all the other things. Oh, it's just cheaper, so I'll just I'll spend less. Uh-huh. Yeah, and that quickly deteriorated very, very fast. What's it like having a gam? A gambling addiction. Yeah. Like, I can't, like, I think... It's not me. It's probably, yeah, yeah, it's probably, like, one of the things that's not talked about very mm-hmm. often, but in my opinion, has almost greater mm-hmm. damage yeah. from a, like, a family, you know, because you mm-hmm. can... I mean, yeah, I went out and lost a paycheck, right. and then I'm like, man, I'm I'm just going to buy sucks. cheaper alcohol. Yeah. Right. Or, so, you know, like, trying to manipulate, you know, it's the same, it's same kind of, yeah. But it's like... How did it happen? It's probably more like huffing. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, because like, <coughs> it's just like quick bursts out yeah. of them, you know, because you're like, you know, uh, you know, going to the casino, mm-hmm. you know, making your bets. You could lose all, you could lose your ass in like 20 minutes. Right. And then the high's over. Right. Right? Yep. 
And then it's how a, much maintenance is there? Like, what do you tell your wife? How do you mm-hmm. hide this money missing? Yeah. How do you pay your bills? You got, I just got really good at lying. Yeah. yeah. And that's not you. Like, no. that's not you. It's so, nope. like, addiction is just not, it's such a small part of me, but it, right. it's all people see, you know, when yeah. you're in the middle of it. Well, and that was the, and that was the, why that, I think that stuff more than, like, doing drugs and drinking, because that you could physically see. Like, yeah. I would get pale and just, you know, was losing a lot of weight really fat, like, just a lot of other mm-hmm. things. But when I gambled, outside of, you know, especially when I got divorced, after that point, it, no, I had no responsibility to anybody with my money. Yeah. Like, as long as bills got paid, kind of. And even then, I was like, yeah, psh, fuck them. You know, but it was like, it was that kind of idea of like, it doesn't matter at that point. I don't, yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't have to, I right. don't have to care. I don't have to do anything because you just float or, you know, you get, you're always shooting for the next big win. Mm-hmm. And then the bit win would come and then I would get caught up and I was like, oh my God, Whew, relief. Okay, cool. And then you'd be like this and like, ah, this isn't any fun. Yeah. And then you would just like bet heavier and then heavier and heavier and heavier and then it's like okay now I'm in the hole again the only way to get out of this hole I could keep literally penny slotting it or I can go to the blackjack table and max bet every time because if one of these hit if I split this hand if I do whatever I'm going to do and get this nice surge again then either I could in my mind I could just leave and use that money to get caught back do you ever think like Mm -hmm. if you're on a winning like if you're winning like Mm -hmm. playing blackjack Mm -hmm. I imagine you play blackjack Mm -hmm. And you, you won like a couple hundred bucks, mm-hmm. but you were minimum betting. Do yeah. you ever have the thought I should have max bet those? Mm-hmm. Like I you, would be in a much yeah. better place <laughs> right now if yeah. I would have done the fifty instead of the ten. Yeah. Or and then I got to the point where it's like, because you know, like when you're doing blackjack, you know, you always have the you're gambling the tip money that you give to the dealer. Yeah. And it's like, oh man, if I would have if I would have given the dealer a little bit more money, somehow that there, yeah, 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 that you know, swinging mm-hmm. the odds would have like, you know. Maybe made things better for the table. Yeah. And I hated being, like, anywhere, like, I didn't want to start, and I hated being anchored because it was too much pressure. So, like, if I could just kind of float somewhere in the middle. But then I remember, like, no joke, like, there was, I had a really, really bad anchor who kept messing up the table. Like, because obviously we're all not, I mean, blackjack, you're not playing against each other, you're playing against the dealer. So as long as the dealer loses, or, you know, or or whatever, then everybody else wins. But then when that... And then that last yeah, guy would be like, he'd be like, on things a, up and just split the twos. Yeah, just, just do some sorts crazy of things. Like, things. Be like, you don't get that, bro. Mm-hmm. And then he, you know, and then he break. He does. It does. He doesn't even have to do anything. Right. He, he doesn't have to break or win or nothing. Yep. It was the card that was meant for the dealer. Yeah. That would have broke the <laughs> broke, dealer, but because he won. took the card, yep. the dealer hit twenty one. Yeah. So that anchor position <laughs> is just a lot like, of pressure. Oh, you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, and so then I was like, you know what? Like, I'm not going to do blackjack anymore. Like, this is I'm putting, <laughs> I'm putting too much control in someone else's hands. Right. Like, I'm going to start sports betting. I'm going to start going online because then I don't have to worry about anybody else. And then what it was even better, like, because now you can you know gamble sports gambling is legal now. But at the time, all the like very illegal sites that I was betting on. I could just do it myself. And then I could just do it all, all times. I remember, no joke, it was like I would leave the bar at like 1.55, I would go home, just, you know, check in for my girlfriend, you know, wife now, but girlfriend at the time, I was like, hey, you know, home. Like, I'm just going to be up watching TV, which I would, I'd put the TV on, but then I'd be on my phone, and I can sports bet. And yeah. I was gambling on like, 
was like a, I don't remember, it was like Russian tennis players you can bet on. I have no, I don't follow tennis, and I definitely don't follow anybody Russian. But I was like, well, this is where the action is, and it's, you know, you can see where the hot games are, and so I'm just <laughs> doing parlays and all sorts of stuff, all very legally, all online. and you know, Hot so. Russian tennis games? Yeah. I was just like, man. And this was like, and this was like, man, this is the life. <laughs> is that the, is that the, like the N.A., or not the, like the, the what do you call it, uh, natural ice beer? Yeah. Is like betting on like foreign <laughs> gay, yeah, like. Just like, yep, let's see what happens. Like I'm down to ten bu- or five bucks and I'm buying Natty Ice at yeah. the. <laughs> at the liquor store for three ninety eight a twelve mm-hmm. pack. Because it's like, yep, it's gonna still get the down two dollars on the Russian. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, like, and that's, I mean, again, it was as we've all had in our stories. Like, there's definitely been a lot of moments, but those moments were like, what is going on? What so, did you go to treatment for for gambling addiction? Mm-hmm. And then, where, how long was that? So I was in. There was a thirty day. Uh, it's called Vanguard, um, in Minnesota. So there was thirty days for that. And then after I got done, then they were like, well, and I was like, all right, sweet. You know, got my gambling under control. Like, mind you, I had a pending court, or they hadn't charged me yet, but I definitely was, like, facing charges because of stealing money from work. And so I was like, okay, now I was done with treatment. And it's like, me and my wife are still figuring things out. Still don't know what's going to happen with these charges. I still don't have a job at this point, but it's like, all right, cool. You know, I did this. And they're like, well, you should go to aftercare, you know, yeah, outpatient. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, more treatment? And I was like, fine. So I was like, whatever. Because yeah. at this point, I was just like, I just need to get back. I just need to get back to life. I need to figure out these things out and, and try to do all these things. And so then I was in, I did a, it's called Gambler's Choice. I had gotten a, a therapist. And so, like a good gambler, I was like, let's just try everything. I, so instead of gambling <laughs> on my money. <laughs> all in. Yeah, I was going to go all. So I literally, I went to, I was at the clubhouse on Mondays, or I went to the clubhouse meetings at noon. And then I was, I had a therapist on Tuesdays, on Tuesdays. Then I had outpatient uh, Tuesday nights and Thursday nights. So I was just like, everything I could possibly get in. Yeah. Because I'm like, one of you guys got to figure this thing out. Like, something's wrong. I got to, you know, my life is literally in shambles. Like, one of you guys have to work. And so then eventually it was just like started to like kind of piece things together. So like, okay, you know what? Like this, the therapy works. So like, okay, I can stop that. It's like, okay, you know, this <coughs> makes sense. I, you know, this kind of solved itself. And so all the pieces were starting to fall in place. And then because of the clubhouse, I found clubhouse and my mom found GA. And so then I was specifically with people right. who had my addiction because the a- AA was great, but like, a lot of what they were talking about wasn't like my story right. and a lot of the things I would share just wouldn't connect with other people. And, so there know. is GA in the area? Yeah. Okay. Yep. And, and so then they led me to GA and I was like, okay, now I'm with my people. And so then, then you just start to find like, okay, now I'm figuring out things that are working. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, now I'm playing my stride. And then, you know, got the job and all the other things. So then the charges came and like every time, <laughs> it felt like every time I was making progress, my face would be on the front page of the paper. I think it was in the form like four times. Aww. I was like, well, that's fun. And so then, like, but I think that's my significant testament to, like, the recovery community is that every time I was in the paper, I would get more, not harassment, but more questions, more, like, mm, like squinty eyes from people who were supposed to love me and supposed to care for me and do a lot of other things, but everyone in the recovery community never said a thing. They just completely welcomed me in the room. Yeah. I never, like, When I met Ricky... When he came into the room, I was like, I know you. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. You and it was, yeah. But it was amount. awesome because I was like, all right, cool. Like, these, like, 
this is where I'm meant to be. Like, yeah. clearly, if, if, if people in recovery can love me and just, you know, help me yeah. just figure out my life and just know, you know, because, again, I don't always know people's stories, but I knew if they accepted me, like, okay, you either have some sort of background in it, you yeah. know somebody in it or something. I said, okay, I need to just continue to be around these people. And those same people just helped me get through all of it. And so then when I went to court that October, and like somehow, like the grace of God didn't mm-hmm. have to go to jail and just do probation and you know pay back all yeah. the money it took and all the other things. When I had all that, then my recovery committee was there that night. Like I went and they were like, really glad you're here. Yeah. You know, just. Yeah. And I was like, more oh. beat up you are, the more we like you. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, this is But great. what a testament to like. I mean, I think for all three of us to take mm-hmm. something where in the middle of it, I just thought, I just felt all this shame and like, mm-hmm. my new life is never going to be anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to have to, you know, work at a gas station forever, mm-hmm. but there's nothing wrong with working at a gas station. Yeah. But my dreams were bigger than that. Right. And like, we're all smart and capable, but you can't show the world that in the middle mm-hmm. of an addiction, you know? Right. And then that's all people see is like, the fact that you're in and out of jail mm-hmm. and, um, you know, you miss holidays. You just... Right. You know what I mean, uh, and that's what you can show the world. Mm-hmm. Show the world, but right. you've turned that into something that where you give back. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? That's really a cool thing. That's what led me to talk to Adam. So learning about peer support specialists, I remember like I'm talking about F five. It's like okay, cool. Like this is even more my community of people. Like not just recovery people, but these are people who have like backgrounds. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think anyone in my family ever had a background. I don't think anyone has any any of that so I was like okay I need to be around people like if, if I can be around the recovery community they can love me I should be around felons I should be around people who like have criminal backgrounds because they're going to accept me and they're going to let they're going to see me and then like, he met us yeah <laughs> he was like uh, <laughs> I was like alright and I remember showing Adam's up Adam's an asshole <laughs> I overcorrected yeah I over-corrected. but it was like I think I remember like so I remember coming like they just moved I remember came to the black building and they were like in the process of moving and like everyone was like who the hell is this guy and I'm like at the time, I would wear, like, a ton of bow ties. And I just overshot, like, what I thought I was supposed to be. And I was like, okay, this is cool. And then I would show up, and everybody's in jeans and T-shirts. And they were like, yeah, yeah, you could just, just hang out, man. I was like, all right, cool. So then, like, <laughs> people would come in, not necessarily knowing F5, but they would talk to me. Because they were like, oh, yeah, you're the guy in the shirt and tie. You must be the therapist. And I was like, I just volunteer. I don't even know if I'm technically really volunteering here. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just sitting here waiting to be told what to do Aww. but like it was just like but this felt home like f5 yeah. was you bought you volunteered for like six months yeah. before you start you were on payroll because he was like i was i was like just show up yeah, yeah. like you'll find your spot mm-hmm. and then he's kind of been a rover through the years like yeah. you know filling in gaps and fixing stuff to where he's you know now he's administrator for you know along with cody stanley mm-hmm. yeah. or whatever yeah, um, yeah. Well, but <clears throat> yeah, the bow ties made you, they were cute. You mm-hmm. can, yeah, you can rock those. Yeah. yeah, you're the only one here that can. You know. <laughs> I would yeah. love to see Curtis wear a bow tie. Oh yeah, I think Wouldn't he could do cute? it. Mm-hmm. He could maybe do it. Well, have you guys seen Curtis? In, I mean, Curtis suits up he suits really up. well. Like, yeah. you wouldn't know it because he wears his Jordans all the time. But like, yeah. I was like, dude, I was like, this is great. Remember when we when we did our headshots at you know at the the space and he showed me his suit. I was like, Hey, okay, Curtis. Yeah. And he shut me down, but because that's Curtis. But it was nice. Yeah, it is nice. It is nice. And the further you, like, it makes it hard for sometimes people to relate when they're new in recovery. Like, well, how could you have had a problem? 
you look all put together, you know what I mean? But mm -hmm. that's the, the beauty of it. And I know a lot of people say like, <clears throat> well, how do you get to that place where you are, where you can, where you're sober and you can move uh, to do better things or whatever. And addiction is such a crazy, if I could explain it, I'd be a millionaire, you know? Mm -hmm. But how do you go from the place where you know they desperately want to get sober and then we get sober and the first thing I get back is my opinion and that is like, kills me. This coffee sucks. Yeah, for yeah. real. All of a sudden, like, all of a sudden I'm like, well, they said the word God and I swear to God, if my dealer said, you know, get on your knees and pray, well, that would have been different, totally, <laughs> day. but anyway, they, I would have done it in a heartbeat, you know what I mean? But then to do anything like that in recovery, suddenly it's like, well, that's not really what I want, or they're kind of cultish, or, or they were dressed up. You know, all these details we get hung up, hung up on, where just a month ago, I would do anything to stay high, you know? Anyway, so trying to explain that to someone who's watching it as a family member, just to be like, why? All you have to do is go to, like, these three meetings a week, just do what they're saying, you know? And why can't you do it? And... Why can't you do it? They can't, like, it's weird that recovery has such a high standard for the way that I feel, mm -hmm. right? So, like, you know, the amount of effort I put into things, they get better, right? If I put more effort into something, it gets better. It's pretty, like, plumbers become plumbers because they went to learn to plumb, right? Doctors yeah. <laughs> went to school for a long time. I don't know even if it's plumbed. I don't know. I don't know. But, <laughs> but they, like, people, like... It, they get it because there's a, uh, and I think this is one of the major points, there's a reward on the other end. Right. Right? If I go to school to whatever it is, and mm -hmm. when I finish, mm -hmm. I can get a job in that career and get paid more than if I won't. Or if I spend more time with my kids, mm -hmm. right, there's a chance they're not going to go to prison. Mm -hmm. Like right. there's, there's carrots at the end of the effort. With recovery... There's not, like, mm -hmm. I couldn't visualize all the other things that come along with just being sober. Right, right. You know? And so I, that's why I think lived experience or people in recovery or sponsorship is because it gives you an idea, you know, like when people are like, when you're looking for a sponsor, what do you, what do you look for? Well, look for someone who has what you want. Mm -hmm. Oh, and it's never he's 20 years sober. Yeah, no. It's he's, he's got a hot wife. Yeah. Or he's got a corporate job or something you know what I mean it's always the things right. and that's why it's so much easier for us to work for things than it is for recovery right because I go to a meeting and there's no instant gratification right. till later because it you mean later you'll be like man I'm really glad I went to a meeting yeah. needed to hear that right but early on it's just like who are these people yeah. <laughs> I was a little different though because when I was like 19 because I I went to meetings from 19 until 31 pretty much non-stop but I didn't sober up until I was 31 mm -hmm. right and but by the time I mean at 19 20 21 somewhere in there mm -hmm. I had burnt everything yeah. down yeah. like I didn't even have a bunch of felonies yet and I still like my you know family didn't want to be around me mm -hmm. like no but like I was and I had no skills mm -hmm. right I literally my whole like it wasn't like my my goal but I would always find a girl and then go live with her, mm -hmm. right? And then I'd go work for a little bit just to get the heat off. And then, you know, and then I start drinking and then, you know, burn everything to the ground. And 
bag, go find the next girl. Like, that was like, it wasn't like that was my plan. That's just how it. How the cycle. It, it's, it's, it's easier. It's kind of the same thing that we found with girls when we were doing, like, girl, like, am I going to listen to Adam or am I going to listen to the guy that's going to give me a place to live, give me drugs, and give me money? Mm-hmm. Right. right. Adam wants me to go to work. Yeah. Right. And, like, go to meetings and stuff and have to deal with the shit that's in my head. Or I can just go numb out mm-hmm. and not work and whatever, right? And so that's what, like, that was what I saw. With, like, and it's the same thing with recovery for me. Is like, I guess I could go to more meetings and maybe feel better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or I can drink. Yeah. Or go back and hang out with the friends that I enjoyed hanging out with. Right. Right. You know, that's probably the big one with younger is that there's nothing to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's you know. so much to do. You just have to be, like, are you willing to be uncomfortable until things get better? Because yeah. it's going to be uncomfortable. Meetings suck to go to some days. You know what I mean? I swear, every uh, Tuesday's my home group, and every Tuesday I wake up, I still, I'm like, I'm not going. I'm not going. And then it's ridiculous because I know if I go, I'll feel better. But are you willing to be uncomfortable long enough to uh, have that start working out for you? You know yeah. what I mean? You know what the one, so whenever I talk to guys, I'm like, there's two people that you need in your life. You need the sponsor. That one's a given, right? Someone that you're giving them or mentor, peer support, whatever the shit you want to call it. You're basically telling them, like if you're really into this, Mm -hmm. is you have my permission to talk shit to me. Yeah. Right? If you see me doing something or if I'm talking to you about something and you see a lot of self Mm -hmm. involved or... You know, I'm going to, it's not going to end well. Like, you have my permission mm-hmm. to, to kill the ego. Right. You know, and I'm not going to get mad at you, even though I'm going to get mad at you, but <laughs> yeah. I'm going to promise I'm going to come back. Right. Right. That's what, like, take me through the steps, take me through whatever program. Mm-hmm. The other person that I think was the most beneficial to me was the co-signing <laughs> crazy buddy <laughs> at meetings where you could sit and talk about nothing. Yeah. Uh, Right, and then that person develops into, like, talking to them about the shit you're going to talk to your sponsor about. Right, right. Just mm-hmm. the, because you could go to him and be like, "Listen, dude, I am doing some crazy shit. <laughs> I, I'm gonna probably get in trouble. I may get drunk, and they'd be like, crazy girl. <laughs> like, you know, they just. It's not that they're necessarily co-signing it. They're yeah. just like, no judge. Yeah. yeah. Because they're just as fucked up as you are. Yeah. You know. And you're both probably, like, maybe a year sober together yeah. or something. You know, whatever. But that guy, I think, is almost just as important. Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think that that, because that guy is the one who, like, kept me wanting to go to meetings. Yeah. Where my sponsor was just, like, he had, like, the goalpost. Yeah. Right? Like, this is where I'm going. This is what I'm going to do. He's going to help me get there. I'm going to call him, get current. Yeah. Just another guy to tell you what to do. Which yeah. you had for, you know what I mean, how many psychologists and therapists. Well, you've seen many, but. Um, <laughs> like the <I'm> dick. <laughs> no, it is yeah. though. You have to have somebody that to make normalize that. And I think community is like, um, well, we've all found that mm-hmm. community is the what keeps you there. I've never been sitting in a trap house or a bar and thought, what was that worksheet I did <laughs> in treatment? You know what I mean? It's the people that I connect with at those meetings that I don't want to shut <coughs> down. Mm-hmm. That I'm willing to just like white knuckle it today and just get to tomorrow you know i think i just don't want it to feel like work Mm -hmm. 
And I think yeah. that's what I struggled with the most with recovery is that it was a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to be able to like go somewhere and just like be accepted, mm-hmm. find cool people mm-hmm. and not feel like it's, it's a pain in the ass to just do, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that that buddy is the one that made it yeah. fun, you know, which is, it's been, it's, it's in seasons, right? So it's mm-hmm. just like my buddy now is, you know, Curtis, mm-hmm. right? We play video games together, yeah. Simmons, you know, Nolan. When I first got sober it was Fred. Yeah. Fred was like, but Fred was a little different because he wouldn't let me, he he called me on my shit, <laughs> but then he'd like think it was funny at the same time. <laughs> it was kind of like having, you know, like your, you know. Like, if you don't know who the crazy guy in the group is, it's probably you. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, like, you know, they all have that one friend where it's just like, he's not really like us, <laughs> you know? But he's, like, he's kind of crazy. He's like the guy that's going to do shit and we'll just laugh yeah. about it or whatever. Like, that was kind of, like, how I felt with Fred. Is like, Fred was like, he's a felon. You know what I mean? <laughs> he's my friend, you know? But, but we would sit, like, out, I was living in Horace, and I would just be, like, three months sober, and I would just be, like, going crazy with, like, all the responsibility of, like, paying bills yeah. and, like, going to work, and just, like, that mundane, and there was, like, no reprieve. And then we'd get out to Horace, and I'd be, like, all right, see you later, Fred. He was, like, hold on, let's have a smoke or whatever, and we'd, you know, stand out and see all, he'd be, like, man, look at all the stars, and I'm, like, okay are you hitting on me fred is that where this is going and then he just we just get like super like philosophical or theological yeah. like you would just like talk about things that you just don't you don't talk about like at work mm-hmm. you know and i think that was like what appealed to me was like you know like one of the questions i always had is like if god's so good why is there so much evil in the world you know and then there was no answers but it was, like, fun to talk yeah. about without, you know, someone's like, well, John 7, 60, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. It was like, oh, yeah, that's cool that you, you know, or even any other religion, mm-hmm. right? Like, they always had some. I remember when I was a kid, my mom was meeting with Jehovah Witnesses, right? <laughs> and they came to the door. And I was, like, in third grade. And I could tell you from the early days, I've always had an animosity towards structure <laughs> of any kind. And so I, I went into my mom's room, and I put on her, like, bra and panties. Like you do. Like yeah. you do when you're in third grade <laughs> and you're bored. And I walked out, and I was like, hello, everyone. <laughs> and without, this is how I know that the probably the closest <laughs> graceful, on-the-ground people you're going to meet outside of recovery is probably Jehovah Witnesses. Because, yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, they're great people. Like, every, I, everyone I've ever met, they're amazing yeah, people, right? And so they're like, she looks at me and she's like, join us. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. And so I'm like sitting there and just like trying to just divert all the attention away wearing this bra, you yeah. know what I mean? And she's like, if you had a question for God, what would it be? And I'm like, I never thought of that in this bra. Yeah, no kidding. I was like, what's the meaning of life? Third grade. And she's like, I'm glad you asked. And turned to the front. <laughs> and they had a page that was like the meaning of life. Uh-huh. And they like walked me through it. And she's and I was like, all right, thank you. And then I just got up and left. Uh-huh. Yeah, so like that kind of like just 
there's a crazy people that show up at meetings. Yeah. The psych wards, like crazy in the sense of like, I mean, yeah, maybe like crazy, mm-hmm. crazy, like, but like, they feel mm-hmm. crazy, and so then they show up to church or somewhere and they yeah. just don't feel. But then they come and they meet Kirsten, mm. and they're just like, "She's crazy." She gets me. She gets me <clears throat> in a fun way. In a fun in way. In a fun way. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my mom's not always doesn't think that's always fun, but I've gotten my mom to play Dirty Pictionary, and it's hilarious. What is this? It's Pictionary only. Dirty. Oh. Yeah. Like you go outside and throw dirt on yourself and then play Pictionary? <laughs> yeah, yep, that's absolutely it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you learn a lot of new words. Like, oh. well, what is this, actually? I'm going to have to check this out. Yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah, that sounds good. It's called drawing with dignity or without dignity. That's not what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is FI Project. This is FI Recovery Radio. Uh, I want to thank you all so much for tuning in. Uh, coming up on the 45-minute mark. I also want to have some closing remarks before we get out of here. Let you guys share whatever you'd like. And tune in next week. We're going to be back. Not back. We're going to be in KRFF, which shout out to them, Radio Free. Looking forward to that. Be on the radio. Have a little bit more broader perspective. We're going to have some special guests. we got some new topics that we're going to cover. Just all sorts of really good stuff. So you guys want to just share a little bit before we get out of here and close it out? Yeah, I, well, I guess... You know, commercial time. We got the Opportunity Ball on mm-hmm. February 2nd. And then, so get your tickets, get your tables, get your sponsorships. And then uh, we're doing our first ever workforce conference in Bismarck cool. instead of Fargo. Awesome. And so be on the lookout for people calling and getting you signed up and stuff for that. So, And then if you need to go to treatment, mm-hmm. the ridge is open. So, yeah. Awesome. Thanks so much, Jim. Sharon? Um, I guess, you know, I don't have much that I'm doing except laundry and whatnot, but um, uh, I just think this is a great opportunity to educate people a little bit and um, on the difficulties of addiction. Anyway, and I think that you guys are the most fun people to do it with. Yeah. But yeah, no real message. Yeah, next Wednesday we'll play Dirty Pictionary <laughs> while talking about recovery. <laughs> And we'll have to ASMR our pictures. What radio. did you say? ASMR. What's ASMR? You know, people who like, they get sensations from sound. Like scratching cups and you know, all sorts of things. I've never no, heard of this. It's, what? No. Is that a... That's a real thing. That's their title? It, I don't remember what everything... Or diagnosis or something? ASMR. ASMR. Oh, I thought you were like talking about some weird shit on Reddit or something. Well, I mean, <laughs> is that a thing you have, or is it like? Yes. Oh, oh you have it. You yeah. have it. Mm-hmm. So, so like sensations of like, like listening to breathing. Yeah. Like, it just hits me in a fun way. What? Like it's a good thing or it's mm-hmm. terrible. Is this a diagnosis or a fetish? Uh, I've never actually gone to the doctor. Maybe a self-diagnosis. I saw that on a website where they sold feet pictures too. A little different. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Similar. But you just had a baby. Congratulations. Thank you. I mean, you didn't do much of anything. No. You invested five minutes in the beginning of that show. You made an investment. Yeah. Yeah. You made a deposit. Deposit. Mm -hmm. So you're gonna be tired. Yes. Yeah. Happy about it. Yeah. Is it a boy? Yes. Richard was four. Oh, I love boys. Mm-hmm. I thought his name was Kenny. 
Well, that's his nickname. Because Jess refuses oh. to call him. Refuses to let me become Richard so he can become Ricky. Because that's how it goes in my lineage. Everyone oh. becomes Ricky. Or the sons always become Ricky. And, and then the husbands or the fathers become men and become Richard. But Justin won't let me grow up. Nobody goes by Dick. Mm-hmm. You will. Mm-hmm. Dick. I see some potential here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're switching up the norms for him. But now we get to meet him. Oh, that's mm-hmm. wonderful. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Babies. Love them. Well, thank y'all for tuning in. Appreciate it. Let's shout out to many people. Kimberly Harden said, uh, is in. Pam, Aunt Jamie. We love Aunt Jamie. She said, love listening to you guys. We'll be watching every week. And so we appreciate you. Please keep tuning in. I'll be back next week, next Wednesday, same time, different place. Catch us live on uh, KRFF 95.9. And uh, this is F5 Recovery Radio. This is Unpretty Ricky. I'm joined by my co-host, Adam Martin. Kirsten. 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 Kirsten Hoovenen. We'll get it. Yeah, we'll get it. We'll figure it out. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you guys next week. (laughs) Love you. Thanks, everybody. Peace.